You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. The Trek Files, Season 7, Episode 1, A Conversation with Ralph Sinensky. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, here we are. Season 7. It is so great to be back with you with more of The Trek Files. All you Star Trek fans, Star Trek history fans, all you canonistas, I say that lovingly, and of course, all you Trekophiles, spelled with an F. Thanks for all your support, your comments and feedback as we try to shine a light on so much of the mostly unpublished files of Gene Roddenberry. Hey, I am just thrilled to have a really iconic guest today to kick off this new season, an eyewitness and a creative force from the original series days. But we're bringing them to you a bit differently. Still an awesome conversation, and there's an actual Trek file to set us up, of course, waiting for you, as always, over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. So go now, check that out, and while you do, as always, here's a brief snippet of our file for you. Now take a listen, and then get ready to hear from our special guest. has acquired a wildly unspockian attitude toward his captain, casual, almost cavalier, and Kirk not only doesn't like it, but his Irish temper is requiring a battle of will to control it. His will is rapidly losing. Kirk shoves Spock's communicator toward him, abruptly. Yes, we are talking 1966-67, the original series' first season. In a time when, compared to today, so much has changed in production, and yet, all the basics are still there. You still have to act, light, film, stage, edit, find locations, deal with colleagues of all stripes, and hope your gut choices are the right best ones to make a great story. Now, from the director's chair, one of Star Trek's bright lights, and across much of the best of TV in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, was director Ralph Sinensky. This May, Ralph recently celebrated his 98th birthday, and I was thrilled to finally visit him recently at his Central Coast home in California and talk about his Trek career, and even some Hollywood sidebars. Now, as you'll hear, Ralph still has a better delivery than many folk half his age. So, for our Trek Files season opener, listen as we plunge right in to talk about his very first assignment for TOS, This Side of Paradise. It's a pivotal episode for Leonard Nimoy, for Spock, and those pesky spores, along with the amazing Jill Ireland as Layla and Frank Overton as colony leader Elias Sandoval. Now, as we begin, the gene he refers to is not Gene Roddenberry, but Gene Kuhn, who enjoyed Ralph's work when they overlapped on the first season of The Wild Wild West just a year earlier, just before Kuhn came over to Star Trek in its mid-first season and who Ralph credits as the reason he got a tryout late in Star Trek's rookie season, still during the mad scramble for directors who could actually help the ambitious production click and sparkle, but on time and on budget. Here's my conversation with Ralph. 
I figured, you know, the first script that they sent me was Devil in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And I figured, Gene and I had gotten along awfully well. Uh, and not even personally. Not even personally, mm-hmm. I mean, because, but just, he had the script and I did the directing and I loved his writing and I think he liked what I was doing. And I figured that he wanted me to do Devil in the Dark and I'm sure it was Robert Justman who said, I don't think you should do that on a, for a first show. And he was right. But I sure m- regret missing it. So so you get that first script, which was Devil in the Dark. Devil He's, in the Dark. Yeah, yeah. And, and I went back to Iowa for the holidays. This was late December. And I was going to start in January. And then while I was there, they sent me another script. And I was disappointed because I liked Devil in, Devil in the Dark. And... Because the message about uh, well, it was yeah. it, it it was really it was really far out science fiction, and quite frankly, I liked it, and it's too bad I didn't do it. That I mean that 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 was a dark show. I mean, when I did Paradise, I mean I said at the time, this isn't science fiction. It's just it's just like things I've been doing, except the guys are all wearing funny shirts, and one of them has funny ears. But otherwise. <laughs> It, it, it wasn't that far out. I mean, it was a great choice for me for, yeah. well, for me to... to do it, and it was a great choice, as, they, as somebody has said, for for them to have me do it. Yeah. Well, I you had the, I, you did have the pods. You mm-hmm. had the spores. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a little. I guess it could. In another show, it could have been a drug addict. But here, you've got or something. But the, the spores. But mostly it was relationships. Oh yeah, it was a romance. And yeah. the big relationship was was the change in Spock. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the second script, the other script that you didn't see at first, and you were still excited about it. Yeah, and and I was disappointed, but uh, you know, it, it was still a good script. You all got to the directors got to help with got to have some kind of a range of choice and input on on the guest casting, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jill Ireland. Joe DeCaster came to me and mm-hmm. uh, suggested Jill, and I thought that was a great idea. And Frank Overton, I'd done four shows with already. Oh. Okay. Well, it was a small town. Huh? I said it was a small town. Well, he, he had been a regular on 12 O'Clock High. And you directed at 12 O'Clock? Four? Four of them. Well, he, the lead was... Um, Robert Lansing. Robert Lansing for was the a first, big favorite of Gene's. For the first season. You know, he was let go at, at the end of the first season because ABC wanted a more active... They wanted, they wanted to do the Air Force version of combat. Oh... And they went, and I, I wouldn't do the show after that. I mean, I always called it 12 o'clock high goes to war. <laughs> well, Gene, like, because Gene had him in his backdoor, the, 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 the Gary Seven pilot that he tried to sell that they didn't. Gene get. Kuhn? Uh, Gene Roddenberry. Oh, Gene Roddenberry. End of the second season wrote the backdoor pilot. It's called Assignment Earth, but it was about this no. human who had been trained by aliens to come help us get through our tough times. Well, well, wasn't that the last FBI that, that, that they filmed? I think because Robert Lansing was in an FBI, no, not FBI, in Star Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, well, it was the last show of the second season. Uh, Yes, yeah. Yeah. And Terry Garr was his uh, secretary. Yeah. Yeah. But they, uh, but anyway, Gene had a half-hour dramedy pilot called um, uh, The Long Hunt of April Savage that Robert Lansing was the star of. And it was for ABC, it was a pilot. And they kept telling Gene to dump. I guess they, this was this makes sense. They did not like Robert. Gene loved him, 
It's about a guy who's he. It's a farmer, 1800s and uh, late 1800s, and his uh, wife and kids are all wiped out by some renegade. And the entire series is him. It's like a it's like a uh, run for your life only, or a, you know, only he's looking for the murderers of his. And each show is a different thing he gets himself yeah. into. Anyway, that's that would have been the series. Yeah. But ABC just said we hate Robert Lanson. Get rid of him. Recast it. Recast it. I haven't heard that, but I'm not surprised. I was a big, big fan of Robert of Lansing. We 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 hit it off right, right from the beginning. I mean, he, but, but he never knew him off the set. But boy, did we have connection and yeah. on the set. Yeah, I love to tell this story because one time, and I think it was during, it was during the second. It was only the second one I was doing was the trap, and there was a scene. Between Lansing and Frank Overton, the opening mm -hmm. scene, and it, Bob Lansing had his whole thing was that he had a mission to do for the, and they had to work it out, and he had worries about it. And we were doing a scene, and I did take one, and I said, "Okay, let's do it again." And I said. Bob, uh, at such at that point, one point, you were thinking something. I think you should be thinking this. And he just looked at me and said, "You son of a bitch." For the good. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Like that's but, exactly what. I yeah, thought. I mean, it's like that. That that shock. That I was reading his mind, which I, you know, I I didn't. I was just just a note. I, I was just feeling along with him and knew. And I said, I think you should be feeling this. And he just looked at me and said, "We had took that moment, so I knew, you son of a bitch." <laughs> great moment. <laughs> said it all. It's a great, great, a moment. great, a great backhanded compliment. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So, so this side of paradise, you got to uh, you enjoyed Jill Ireland. You knew Frank Overton. Um, you had a lot of locations on that one. Like Disney Ranch. It was three days and three days, and then it turned out. Uh, the third day, which was the first day that Jill was supposed to work, uh, have you heard this story? I, I heard a bit of it, but I had some questions. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you know, we got out to the Disney Ranch, which is the the only place that we found where there was the buildings that we could use mm -hmm. and, and make it look like a the Spin you know, and Marty Barnes. Yes. I, for, yeah, yeah, my brother would say. And, uh, uh, we got out there, and we got word from the studio, Jill will not be out there. They, they think she has the measles. And she hadn't shot anything? She yet? hadn't shot anything, no. She had not been out there. So that none of the stuff that she that involved her was was had been filmed yet at, at, the, at the ranch. So we finished, which was maybe half a day's work, wrapped up what hadn't been done, went back to the studio, uh, that, was on, that was on Wednesday. We worked the rest of the day in the, uh, probably on, uh, in the Ender Enterprise someplace. Uh, they went shopping, and the next day made arrangements to for to go to uh, Laurel Canyon, the 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 the, the, uh, the uh, location up there, and that's where we shot on Friday, and that location was better. For the show, than if we had filmed it at the scenes at the ranch. We're talking about uh, uh, Bronson Canyon, huh? We're talking about Bronson yeah, yes, Canyon, yes, yes, yeah. 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 It is Bronson Canyon. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Well, that's what I. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about. Now, the barns, I think, are all at Disney. Disney, right? 
those and, green barns and the farmhouse. And, and all that and and yeah. everything. Uh, the 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 barn with with Sulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house, the exterior of the house. Uh, there's a shot of uh, Spock in the field, just reporting into mm-hmm. to uh, Kirk. Uh, that that was all out out at the ranch, and then at the Brunson Canyon, uh, the garden scene with the with the crops, with the crops between Spock and 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 Jill, the. Uh, the scene where he gets hit with the spores, mm-hmm. uh, everything involving the tree, the sideways, the, which was your idea, the trunk, the trunk of the tree. Yeah. Oh yes, and it, and it was spur of the moment. I, I would not have had that if we had not if we had shot it at the ranch. But we were the scene is written, and as I had it, was planning to stage it was uh, Spock, Jill, Spock, Layla, Kirk, Sulu, and the other man. Uh, we're just in, in a field where Kirk had finally caught up with him, and Kirk is supposed to be being sassy, and Kirk, uh, Spock is supposed to be, be supposed to uh, to be sassy, and Kirk is relenting him, and they're standing there, and it wasn't working. And I saw this tree fifty yards away, and I said, I asked Jerry Finneran, the great Jerry Finneran, and this was our, well, by this this time it was our fifth day, and I said. Jerry, can I, I don't want to shoot it here. Can I move it? And he says, sure. So we went over there, and that's where I had him hang from the tree, and the scene worked. It just. And we're talking about the lateral, yeah, the lateral it, branches. It, now, when I see when I see the picture, it looks like it's just a, a branch that's laying in between the. Cr- it doesn't look like it's a natural lateral. It is. It was. It was a natural branch of the tree. Okay. Yeah, and then you, you can see that in the wider shot because you can see the tree and the branch. It's a heavy branch. Okay. Let me, whoops. You're still good. I think I can get the cord. Let me see if I can. Oh, it's got a word. That that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming off of this. Okay. Okay, yeah. No, it's, um, it's, uh. Oh, well, it, and, and. The other thing is that uh, I did not know at this time the whole history and the fact that uh, th- this paradise originally was written as a Sulu story mm-hmm. and that it was Dorothy Fontana who got the idea that it should be a Spock story and had sold it to Gene and he said, go write it. And, but that when Leonard was told about a Dorothy told him that she was writing a script for He Falls in Love, and he said, it's impossible. I mean, I didn't know any of that. He never said a word to me, and the miraculous thing for about this scene is this was only the second scene of the two of them together, and that I said, you know, go hang like a monkey. Didn't say a word, just did it, and did it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And it just was, and, and then... Well, he got it. He was like, oh, he, oh. He, oh like that. Yeah. Infinitely more yeah. interesting than just standing around talking. Yeah, 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 yeah got it. Of course, uh, I, I, the, the rest of the show went, went fun, and I got a great note from him afterward. 
Well, did did Gene, did Bob give you kudos back on that? No, I never got it. Nobody, they never praised directors. Directors might ask for a raise. Oh, <laughs> no, and I mean, and this, this is, uh, I'm getting used to this. I mean, the first ones I did, I mean, I, it's not easy for me to, to be in front of the camera. Well, you're doing great. Uh, you know, I, well, the camera's not there. I'm just talking to you. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. For... Oh, thank you. No, thank you, Ralph. <laughs> and hey, Trekophiles, I think we'll be hearing more from Ralph Sininski as our new season progresses, along with more all-new and returning guests, of course. All with a key link to Star Trek then and now. Via... The Trek Files, produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment, and please do, are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Check out all the Trek Files new swag and shirts at the Trekland shop at tpublic.com slash stores slash trekland hyphen shop. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek, that's me, and Portal 47 at LarryMachek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.